Hey, what's good, people? This is the Option Podcast. This is episode 118. That man over there, that's Greg Faulkner. The episode starts right now. You know, I promised I wasn't going to do this because I know Jalen and Jacoby has it and they actually have their real music. But because it's you and because you were my first episode and because you were my colleague and because you're my brother from another mother, I got to do it. Ready? I got to give the people, give the people what they want. What's up, Greg? How we doing? <laughs> What's good, man? Not much. Not yeah. much at all. So you, um, you came from practice? Is that where you're coming from? No, I just uh, had to go pick up like some equipment for a club. So, you know, that, that's right around the corner. We're ready to go. Okay. Nice. You were, uh, I noticed you were working out with Chris Austin um, some of the mornings and this and that. Good, good crew of people, man, right? Oh, yeah. Cole Fears. Um, Cole Fears, very easy to coach, very easy to work with, mm-hmm. great personality. Chris Austin, a little bit of a control freak, but. I think there's levels to that, and that's that's more to do with the people that don't know him as well as you and I do. I think I think that guy is awesome. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He rubs some people the wrong way, and I'm, it's the podcast, so I gotta be real. But yeah. but I also gotta be real. A lot of people that feel that way don't really don't really know him. You know, there are people who are misunderstood, mm-hmm. and the people that are douchebags. He's he's, he's misunderstood. <laughs> yeah, I think the the one thing about you know. Being in the volleyball community, I uh, definitely had the opportunity to just like play against him in college, and but then also like hearing things about him from other people. And for me, I'm like I'm more of the guys like okay, hey, you hear so, such and such from whoever, and you gotta take that with a grain of salt. Like they're not gonna be like basing your whole opinion on somebody you never met. So me actually getting to meet him and play against him, I'm like oh, okay, like. I get why people, some people are like kind of salty about like over him, you know, but he is one of those guys who's just unapologetically like himself. And it's like, you can't really, you know, be mad about somebody who's going to give you that a hundred percent. Like that's who he is, you know, and he's just about the grind and trying to get better. And so it is what it is. And I think for someone like him, the, he, he has to be that way mm-hmm. to get to where he is. I think if he were any other way but that way, he wouldn't enjoy the, the, the volleyball prosperity that, that, that he's enjoying right now. Mm-hmm. You know, he's writing books. I actually read the first one, The Way. Um, I didn't read the whole thing, but I did, I did fixate on it because it was, it was told um, under the eyes of five different players that came up from childhood or whatever, including Micah Maha. And Micah was the one I kind of I, I was, I was, I zo- uh, honed in on as far as chapters. Yeah. Um, I thought it was clever. I think his writing style is 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 a little basic, um, but with that being said, he's he's mad young out there writing the book, you know, doing his thing. I'm I you know I sound like a little hater, like Hater Jay's coming out like it was I, right, it wasn't great, you know. I, I mean, right? Someone wins the title, you ain't Michael Jordan. <laughs> no, I'm not doing that. I'm 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 saying that I thought it was I, right. and I think for someone who 
who did his first book and did it at such a young age and had and had a pair of balls between his legs to do that. I'm, yeah. Oh, by the way, Miranda's in the house. Hold up, we didn't we didn't mention that. There she goes. Hello. Yo, I'm, I'm you're my rock, Miranda. It's okay. I know I'm loved. You're my rock. Silently. It's okay. Yeah. So we got a lot of <laughs> topics to 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 cover a call out, but what I want to talk about first, um, because we don't have a lot of information, and we can just get on the more fun stuff later, right? Mm. Um. Furbringer, Matt Furbringer, or Joy is the head coach, right? Matt yes. Furbringer is the assistant. Yeah. They've been there at Long Beach State for like four years. Um, they were fired and then before the season was over. Yeah. But, which I, I thought was kind of weird. Like, usually when a coach loses their job, they, they wait to the end of the season unless they're losing so much, you took it as far as you could go and they just got to go, you know? Or there's something toxic. Uh, in the environment that where they have to be, where they have to be removed, which is going to my second part. They were given, according to Dave McKenzie, a Long Beach State alumni and, and huge alumni, a supporter of his alma mater. They were given 30 minutes to get their shit. And they were escorted out by security. Now, Greg, you played in the college scene, four year starter, right? You are currently the assistant coach at Cal Northridge. Yes. Is that protocol? Is that the way they remove people? Uh, I would not say it would be that that abrupt. I feel like unless there was something that was like truly like a violation, maybe. But like this is like midseason for the girls right now. And like I get it. The way that they worded it. Like, if you were to, to go read an article, whatever, they say it was due to performance issues. And it's like, hey, like, we get it. There are some girls that ended up transferring, um, whatever. And, like, they, the team just hasn't been at the caliber that we've seen it at over the years. But at the same time, like, you got Joy and Furbringer who have Rockstar and Mizuna out of Long Beach who's got, like, a, who's a pretty big name right for club and being a college coach and having that you know as another you know stream of like how you can get players in is is going to be helpful but i what i think what happened was is more just like there probably was something behind the scenes that like you know that that, that wasn't taken care of there had to be like there's no way just because of perform like before the because of the team's not doing great that you're going to that you're going to just cut somebody in mid mid season. There had to be. Absolutely. I mean, if the wording is performance, who the hell performs so poorly that they're like, yo, you got 30 minutes to pack your shit. Get out. Security. Security. Right. <laughs> who the hell does that if the wording is performance? Yeah. So there's one or two reasons. One. Like you said, there's something inside the environment that was toxic that allowed that the the uh, that brings new meaning to the word immediate dismissal, or the AD's just fucked up, man. He's just made that's just a that's a messed up thing to do, mm -hmm. you know. If they're trying to keep something quiet, okay, I get that and whatever. But my first take was y'all are dude, y'all are messed up. Yeah, y'all are messed up that you did Furby and Joy like that. Someone um, that has roots in the, in the volleyball community 
Someone that if anyone, they're looking for a new coach. You know, everybody be like, oh, Jed, that'd be a dream job for you, Jay. I'm like, hell no. Hell no, it wouldn't be. Not after you just saw what just happened. No, nobody's going to want to touch that if you do one of our own like that. You know what I'm saying? And um, I'm not mad that they got, that they, that they fired the two of them. All right. Um, You said, okay, he's got star powers. He's done some good things with Junior, is doing some good things with Juniors, Mizuno, this and that. The boys club's really good. um, I think they have girls too. Um, His daughter is awesome. I coached against his daughter. I was with them this summer. So on numerous occasions when even she's 11 years old, bossing it. This girl's 11 years old, bossing it. So, um, and maybe I'll tell a story about that later, but this right now is ain't about me. But only it's only about me in the sense that my first take was y'all are out of your fucking mind wow you know but what i will say this your your celebrity and your pedigree should not entitle you to stay if you're not winning all oh, right no. so the last Absolutely four seasons not. they've only had one winning record their their best record in their four seasons was 16 and 13 so three losing seasons in four years long beach state that probably demands a little bit higher um um you know higher um a standard, right? Yeah, they have a different absolutely. standard. Yeah, you got to go, but but like that? No, and and from what from what? Because I I mean I got I got Furby on Facebook, you know, and he he had he had his like post to kind of like yeah speak his piece about the whole thing, and mm-hmm. you know I mean it's, it's just one side. I don't know really know. I haven't really heard anything officially from Long Beach, but from what I like read, the just the whole situation was that like the AD didn't have a prior conversation to them about like if there was any issues like it was more like leading up to them having that conversation it was they had no idea right so like and it's it's yeah okay hey you had losing seasons like i get that but there has to be some type of system of like oh hey here's an issue we need to take care of it like we need to figure this out before you're like oh hey yeah no we're just gonna go straight to to firing you guys like you know, there's there's got to be a system in place of like trying to figure out what solution you guys can come to, you know, while keeping it in house and not having to, you know. Do you think the team had a little brew, a little brouhaha, a little knock after they lost to Bakersfield? Maybe. Uh, I'm not entirely sure. To be honest. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. But I'm gonna tell you right now. I know for me, uh, for CSUN, you know, I I I remember my freshman year. We lost like five seniors. My that first year, we went seven and twenty-two. Right, right. Mm-hmm. And it took us some time to get to you know back to playoffs. You know, yep. we've had losing seasons. Yeah, that's... It, it's it's it is what it is. And and I mean, I know for 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 on the men's side, we were playing in a league that was like really competitive. Like anybody can beat anybody in the NPSF, and you really had to fight for those eight spots for those twelve teams. Yeah. And so just thinking about for the girls and, you know, it's Long Beach State, like, you know, you're competing against, you know, Hawaii, whoever it is. Like, these are some really tough teams to play. And if you got some players that are ended up transferring and doing whatever, like, you're trying to, like, figure out who you're going to bring in. Like, it's a lot to, like, put on a coach, you know, to think about trying to figure out, okay, hey, what works, what doesn't work. What's going to be the future of the program? You know, even if it's not like, hey, we're going to win right now, mm-hmm. you got to try to win later on as well with these, you know, with these uh, underclassmen. 
you know, trying to make sure that they get reps. And it, it's there's a lot of stuff that goes on. So definitely, I'm thinking like there had to be something else. There had to, well, uh, here we go again. I'm gonna make it about me, but I want to tell you a story, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, I was the head coach, the interim coach at John Jay College. I was a longtime assistant there because my my best friend Eater, Haitian player, um, Matae. Um, it's it's a program that no coach wants to touch. It's a program where careers go to die. You just you don't want to touch that environment. Um, there's not a whole, a whole lot of support as far as helping recruiting at the, at that at that time, but it was kind of changing. There was an athletic director named Carol Kasho who who is really really good at taking care of her own and when she does that the people that she takes care of take do their job and everyone starts winning so when she came on and and she got eater i'm like yeah i can part-time assistant yeah i could do that i'm coaching hunter high school this and that so eater quit and i told her hey look keep me on as an interim i'm moving to california this is 2015 i'm moving to california and i can't believe i'm telling this story but here goes um and so they keep me on as an interim. I'm moving December anyway, so November is our last game of the season. And there were some toxic players in, in the system where I, I, as a head coach, would have never recruited. Right. But at the same time, they're, they're, they're starters, right? And, and you got a decision to make, right? Do you, do you bench them? on principle or do you just you 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 play them and you take that chance and maybe winning will take care of itself mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. and as an interim coach you go the ladder because you're not going to be there next year anyway so so it worked out in a sense that it was like their first conference winning season they had in 11 years their first home playoff game in the history of their program so i did i did a lot that first year but then when the semifinals happened and this i can't i'm so sorry it took so long to get to this part mm. Semifinals happened, totally choked against Baruch College, who was a better team anyway. And then I'm watching the finals, or, or people warm up for the finals, and security says, you, you got to come, right? So I go to the girls' locker room, and there's this big-ass scrap. They're, they're just fighting. This one's holding this, holding this one down. This one's like, get the fuck off me, this and that. And, and I went in that room, and I went... And I did an Al Pacino, man. I said, I never smelled anything. All the years I've been coaching, I never smelled anything stinks like this. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And then the athletic director came in and everyone just dropped silent because she's one of those power women that come into the room and everybody like, it's like, I don't know. It's like when you're growing up as a kid, there's a particular teacher or like a woman figure yeah. where you walk in, everyone just goes, they're, they're all dumb, dumbfounded and fucking scared. So they knew they were in trouble when she went in. So... She sent me an email saying it's better that I don't come in the office, the office the next, you know, come back to the office and they'll ship me my stuff. But the problem I had was I had a laptop that my wife gave me as a loaner. Right. Because they didn't, they didn't, you know, they didn't supply that. And I'm like, no, they're not shipping that. So I went to the school, (laughs) walked past security and I grabbed my laptop and security escorted me out. (laughs) Security who knows me is like, look, we've been told we have to escort you out, but... You want to tell us what the hell's going on, Jason? Because you know me. Like, I establish relationships with everyone. Mm-hmm. Security knows me. Um, the guy who, you know, who works at the, the cafeteria knows me. The, the dean knows me. Everyone knows me on that same level. So so the whole time they're escorting me out, they're just like, what? Dude, what? I need to know what happened. <laughs> you know, we got, a, we got a job to do. And I never told that story. And, and I'm telling it now because if I'm going to talk about Furbringer and I'm going to talk about other people, I, I would like to leave myself vulnerable where 
if anyone wants, you know, has something they want to say to me, you, you got plenty of ammunition now, but that would be a reason to get escorted out by security. So, and I wasn't a danger. I'm just like, fuck off. That's my wife's, you don't ship that. <laughs> you ship that, that could be damaged. She, you know, she's, she's, she's out of a laptop that she had no obligation to give me or the school to begin with. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, me not having to come back to this toxic environment anyway was like getting disinvited to a party you have no intention of going to. Right. So with that story, it kind of makes us think there's so many layers, right? Right. Maybe Joy and the athletic director had it out. Maybe, maybe that loss, three, I mean, right? You don't see Long Beach State losing to Bakersfield 3-0. No, you know that was that was their last loss before they they were unceremoniously removed. So, yeah, oh man, oof. But Furby, we love you. I'm gonna give Greg something to say. Talk, Greg, talk, tell me, tell us how much you love Furbringer. Oh, I, I do. I mean, he's he's one of those guys that I I definitely you know um, have watched you know uh, as a player, and then also have the uh, opportunity to play against like his team that he was coaching. Um, uh, so, and you know, you see him out. You see him out on the beach all the time. Six man, all that. He's riding his bike and he says what's up. Big it's, smile it's, in his face. Oh, absolutely, <clears throat> absolutely. You know, um, and so it's just crazy. You know, to be like, ha- like being able to be like, oh hey, like, oh yeah, he's coaching at Long Beach, or whatever. And then like having something like this happen, and you're just like, whoa, like, what was that about? Like, every- I remember. I literally was at high school the next day, um, and that was the first thing we like started talking about. And I was like, "Wait, what happened?" Because I didn't even I didn't even know until you know all the coaching staff brought it up, and we're just like sitting there talking before like practice starts about it. And you know, it's we were saying that like it's in terms of like you know you like for joy like you know we all love joy you know, but it, it's it kind of like ruins that whole coaching career in a way of like being like, Hey, you got let go like mid season. Mm-hmm. Now, anywhere that she tries to go, they're going to be like, well, like why, why, like what, what happened? You know? And so, um, I feel like them saying performance issues is not enough. No, not because you don't get like, you know, you know, performance issues is not a mid season firing. No, either. no. So it's, it had to be whether it was like, there were some toxic players on the team that got let go. And then like, there's probably like their feedback on the whole situation or the, or like how the culture is like, there's a lot of different things that could, it could be. Yeah, man. Yeah, you're right. Um, big up to Kara Kusho, athletic director, John Jay. Um, since that incident, Lechek came in from Poland. They made, they actually made, the finals instead of the semifinals. Um, they're doing really, really good things. And I knew, you know, she's an awesome athletic director. So right now, this athletic director is under fire because of what happened to Furbringer. But for me, Carol was never under fire because that story never came out until I just I just said it here on this podcast. Mm-hmm. And even though I just said it, she, she has to protect herself and the players or whatever. So telling me not to come back was the right thing to do. And me, you know, breaking into the school and getting my wife's computer was the right thing to do too. So, and also getting escorted out by security was the right. And it was a situation where everyone did the right thing, but this don't, but I'm only bringing this up because this don't feel right. 
this don't feel right you know i feel i feel yucky mm-hmm. and it didn't even happen to me you know right. Absolutely. <laughs> so so big up to carol big up to john jay um uh, whatever Alex Key, I don't know if that that's the guy's the guy's name, the AD. You got boy, you got some splaining to do. <laughs> you got no, some splaining to do if 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 he wants to hire someone good. And you know we love us on Long Beach State, mm-hmm. right? We got a we got great relationships, right? Um, who's our guy? The outside hitter, black, the only black guy on the team, Lewis Richard. Yep. Right. He was with me at Evolution. You know, we coached there together. Uh, Mike Campbell, one of the nicest guys oh, on, love, of the I beach team. Such a nice guy. I was, I was a coach at Endless Summer. Two of my girls who I coached, they're, they're playing with him right now. Leah Black and um, um, Kaylee Jones. Mm-hmm. They're, um, Leah Black's already there. Kaylee Jones, I think, is starting her freshman year. So, yeah, we got uh, Duncan Avery, right? Mm-hmm. Who's the, uh, the, the program director for Evolution, Long Beach State. Taylor Crab. Taylor, Taylor and Trevor. Trevor. Yeah. You know, um, yeah, well, a lot, a lot of friends from Long Beach. Actually, yeah. a lot of friends. Is Alan Knipe? Yeah, Alan Knipe was also Long Beach State. Mm-hmm. He was coaching. Wow. How about Sorensen? No, Sorensen was Pepperdine. Yeah. Yeah, but it was a lot. There's a yeah. lot of guys. Yeah, man, it's cool. It's I, I would if if I wasn't sitting across from a Cal Northridge guy, I would have called that the nice kid, the nice guy's school, or the cool kid school. Greg, <laughs> you're the cool kid school. There's you. There's Marty Lorenz. <laughs> There's Ty Trambley. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Jay Check. Come on. Uh, Billy Allen, right? Oh, yeah. Come on. The cool kids school, Greg Faulkner. <laughs> so are you in non-traditional season right now? Yeah, it's all we got preseason right now. Uh, actually, we had a we had a scrimmage against Hawaii yesterday. I couldn't go because I had a, I had private lessons that were already scheduled that I had I, I like I just written in stone. Yeah. Yeah. So um, but we are we will be at SC this weekend on Saturday. Um, All right. And so we have our schedule out and everything. So we're going to be uh, I think we're going to have like a, a, a CSUN A and B team, you know, mm-hmm. um, and they have a uh, it'll be interesting. Like I'm, I'm pretty excited about the season, like, you know, going in. I got to see the guys practice uh, one of the days that I was free from high school. And um, we got some newer guys in the team on the team, and the culture is just is just great. Like I like all the guys are locked in. They're all like, hey, like what when we like if you got guys asking about weightlifting, all this stuff. Like you know, you got like guys who usually you're like, oh, yeah. like, you got to go to weights. Oh, well, okay, you know. But these guys are like all on it. They're like, oh, yeah. hey, well, you need to be. Everybody needs to be in the gym. We're gonna go do open gym. We're gonna do all this stuff, and. I like that 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 is uh, has been developed, you know, because I think that um, for us, when I was playing, we we had players, right? Uh, we had pieces, but it was not the culture wasn't the same as it is right now. Like it was like, hey, on any given day we could turn it on, but then there's a game too where we end up just not playing together at all, and. I think with this with this group of gentlemen right now is that it's it's a very special situ- situation where I feel like oh wait all of these guys are all in together on on just trying to get this done and um, you know I think that this is one of those situations where where we are in a good position to do some damage this year um, considering you got Hawaii who lost a lot of guys some Long Beach lost a lot of guys but. Um, we got to make sure we take care of playoffs and uh, you know, we're going to get some injuries along the way. It happens, but 
trying to get like, hey, late season, that's when you try to make that push. Because everybody goes for, for playoffs now uh, because it's, you have the NPSF and you have Big West. Yeah. And so... Um, and Big West right now is the, the, the most competitive division in oh, the NCAA. It's, it's gnarly. You got yeah. Like NPSF, you could make an argument for the MIPA yeah. with Loyola, Chicago, and Lewis, but no. Yeah, but you got... That's like four deep. So far, like, we had Santa Barbara, who was playing phenomenal, Hawaii... Yeah, right. defending champs. Yes, and then you got Long Beach. Uh, previous repeat champs. And Irvine yeah. in there. Yeah, right? I mean, think about it. Like, the last 10 title winners. They're... Long Beach State twice, mm-hmm. Hawaii, and Irvine. Yeah. Five of your five of your last 10 champs Yes. are in the Big West. And then, now, I, we got to give credit to San Diego. Yeah. San Diego played phenomenal last season. Like, they did! They played, oh, dude, they balled. No like, one saw that coming. Like, they balled out. Like, they ended up knocking us out of the cha- of the conference, you know, championships in Hawaii. <laughs> and I was like, dude, dude, like, I had never seen in my life San Diego play this well. Like, <laughs> you, said, like, you said, what just happened? <laughs> like, and, hey, they, they, they turned it on against us, for sure. And I was just like, wow, like... You know, we we did what we could at the moment, but um, you know, I think that you know because of that, those guys are kind of they're out for uh, revenge yep. on our team. So we'll see how that goes. When you get a chance, can you do like a, like a little two minute live. Really, Miranda's awesome. Miranda's my social media uh, machine. <laughs> um, dude, you got I don't know, you got eighty five hundred views on Facebook last time you came. You're you're loved by the old school and the new. All right. Because they say Facebook's for old people, but <laughs> guess what? Here we are on, on Facebook Live. Yes. Um, old school in it. Um yeah, no one saw that coming. San Diego. So I just mentioned like five of the champs mm-hmm. are um were Big West. The other five, M I V A. Oh yeah. Ohio absolutely. State three times. Yeah. And Loyola Chicago Loyola, twice. Loyola. And yeah, and they beat Lewis in the finals. So, mm-hmm. so how crazy is that? And all and all MIVA finals. I mean, yeah, <laughs> right. How, how the hell is one of those teams even getting that large bid? Unless unless there's some depth in that, you know. I mean, it's it's been three deep for a long time, right? It's Lewis, Ohio State, and um, Loyola Chicago. But mm-hmm. Ball State looks pretty good last year, last couple of years. Yeah. I know you, you traveled east a little bit, so you yeah, can probably tell me better than me. Right. No. Yeah. I mean, we we had some battles with uh, Ball State um, for sure when we went. I think I want to say two years ago, maybe three. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, um, we had a really uh, big win against IPFW in five. That was like there was a little bit of there was a little scrap that was like it's a kind of funny scenario because I remember there's uh there's one outside who you know he was like hitting balls and he like said something to our setter, you know. And then, um, like, there's a situation where, like, our setter was trying to run a ball down, and the outside got in front of him and, like, kind of, like, cut him off so he couldn't dig the ball. Right. You know? And so he was like, oh, like, our, my setter was like, oh, okay. You know? And he was a freshman at the time, right? And so uh, later on in the game, similar scenario happens. Our setter it was like, hey, I got an opportunity here. He does the exact same thing back to that guy. And that guy was like, got into his face and was like, like, I don't know what he said, but like my, our whole bench got up and everybody swarmed this dude. And then I was like, and I was like, you know, he messed up. I was like, I don't care where we are. You messed up. The whole team was like, whoop. And our middle was like, uh, you know, his name is Daniel Wetter. Mm-hmm. 
our middle, our middle comes over and he like he like kind of like um, just like stiffs on the guy like hey don't do that nice you know nice I like but, that. and then it, it got broken up but it was just like you could see it like uh one of the one of the coaches that was watching on the on the live stream like took a video of it and it was like funny like i was just like watching it back i'm like oh wow but no nah, good unity but yeah i mean they uh out there in the east on the east coast the midwest you know they they, they, they got some baller teams, you know. I mean, obviously a lot of people, you know, when it comes to mind, they're like, oh, like there's not much volleyball out there. But it's like, I mean, do you, it, it, it is what it is. Like he, you're playing against these teams. You don't see them a lot during regular season. Yeah. And you got to be able to be on your game. And, you know, these guys are these guys are practicing all in all types of weather. Like, you're, you know, we here in California, like, we don't have to, like, go to practice in the snow or, or you know what I mean? Yeah. Like they're, they're doing all this other stuff, you know, you're doing stair climbing in the snow. Yeah. You know, so <laughs> their I sand mean, dune is a snow dune. <laughs> so I, I can't, I can't be like, Oh, like they don't know it's volleyball. It's that there's, there's no way like, you yeah. got it. They're out here doing what they can and to, to get better. Well, um, they definitely have better coaching out there and that's where I think the culture changed. Um, yeah. you, you see good teams. I said this on previous episodes, you see good teams, on the West Coast, you it, we think it's the players. You see good teams in the Midwest or whatever, um, it's the coaches. You see good teams on the East, it's the immigration population. <laughs> oh right, right. Like oh, you, 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 um, like Matt Anderson, Penn State was kind of an anomaly. Wait, we got an American on a on an NCAA winning team on the East. You uh, usually, if you see a good team on the East or the Midwest, uh, there's a lot of foreigners yeah. on that yep. on those teams a yeah. lot, and it's 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 dope to see though. Like honestly, isn't that great? It is great. Yeah. Because I, I think that, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of, you know, as, a, as someone who played overseas, there's a lot of these kids who are like, or over there trying to make it over here. Yep. And hungry. Know, yeah, they're hungry. And it's like, most of the time, it's like, they're thinking like, okay, hey, like, you know, are we going to be able to go to a USC, UCLA, you know, UC Irvine, you mm -hmm. know? Uh, and they're just trying to figure out like, okay, what's going to be the best option for me? And they yeah. are getting their shot to play and they're they're making a big time for them. Yeah. You know? And the and the correlations there, right? When when Long Beach won the first their first title, um uh not way back when, but like repeat champion three years ago, four years ago, their best player outside hitter wasn't DeFalco. It was that, that dude from Norway, that Norwegian cat. Number four, I forgot his name, blonde hair guy. I thought that was the best outside hitter. Like USC, right? Look at their beach team. Their pair one is Tina Gradina, who was I thought at the, at the time was the best player in the, is the best player in the country. She still got one more one more year left, right? Mm -hmm. UCLA, their pair ones was, was the McNamara, so who are who are from Canada, right? Um, UCLA for a long time uh, for four for four straight years, their best offensive player was that middle. Um, you could tell me his name. Uh, black guy from Canada. What's his name? Oh, Kofi. Kofi. Yeah. Right. So they even had another outside. Like even uh, when I was still playing, it was uh, Gonzalo Caroga. Yeah. He was good. Oh my that god, he was, was good. Dude, dude, he was good. Yeah. yeah. But um, but again, I I, I reiterate. And, um, we already closed the door on Furbringer, but I think on a general level, I have zero problem with somebody who has a large pedigree who's not winning. Um, I'm an East Coast guy, and I'm also a hater, well, well, world-renowned hater. Okay, so Bill Parcells, mm -hmm. born in Patterson, New Jersey, said, "You are what your record says you are," and that's not always true. There's much we both know. There's so many more colors and shades to that. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, 
there's so many hungry coaches out there that are that are worthy of that position that know how to win. And I know certain coaches bring a certain culture and they bring they bring a family environment. But at the end of the day, if you're not winning, I mean, we do wins and losses for a reason, right? Mm -hmm. And I mean, New York is crazy. Like Columbia, Fordham, Wagner, like they can have ten losing seasons and no one get, no one gets fired. It's the reason why I'm out here. I, I took I took coaching as far as I could go, mm -hmm. you know. Um, yeah, and that's I think that's all I want to say about that on a general level. I'm not casting any aspersions on Furbringer specifically because I think four seasons, like you said, and one of them was a pandemic year. You, uh, maybe maybe he should have, maybe he shouldn't. But I don't have a problem with him losing this job. The the how was fucked up. That was just fucked. Where's my camera? That was fucked up. So, um, well, let's we're gonna re-explore volleyball in a minute because we're gonna talk about commitment, like some of the conversations you have with players who wanna. And Miranda's gonna get in on this too. Um, and nah, we fuck that. We guys, we're gonna talk about Chappelle later. Me, yo, Greg wants Greg wants to talk about Chappelle, man. So, <laughs> but I, but but it's so cool having someone who's a volleyball head like me. We. You know, I'm a prisoner of the moment, and I steered the conversation, so bear with me on that one. Oh, absolutely. Um, let's actually talk about de volleyball dedication. Mm -hmm. I had a conversation with this, this morning with someone at Starbucks whose daughter, you know, got offers to play at Duke, to play here, and she's like, ah, I don't know if I want to play. I don't know if I want to play here. And, like, if you're a parent who's a volleyball fanatic and your kid is like, ah, they don't know, it's like, <laughs> what are you talking about? What do you want a cookie to go with that scholarship? Get your ass in the dude, you know? Mm -hmm. But I presented another side of the argument, and it was really hard for me to do because I'm a fanatic like you, like Miranda. Um, and it took Kelly, my significant other, to bring this in perspective. She got recruited to play tennis and volleyball, right? Right. But then you realize somewhere in the middle of your first year, even the beginning, they expect that to be your 10-month experience out of 12 months. Some places 11 months out of 12, some 12, 12 months. Mm -hmm. Greg, um, and I'm, I'm going to steer the question to you. We, all right, if we're playing college volleyball and our coach says this has to be your 10-month experience out of 12, we're like, sure. <laughs> I want this to be my 13-month experience out of a possible 12. Um but not everybody's built like that. No. How do you, as a coach, because now you're a college coach. You, I mean, you ain't you. You're not just chill, Greg, playing Smackfest and fucking traveling to Romania and Peru and making money and having a good time. You, 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 you have you, you have a, a responsibility mm -hmm. as as a as a as a man, a man. You, the man I know you've always been. How do you have the conversation with kids and maybe their parents about the importance of this dedication and asking the kids what they want? Uh, I think that it's very, very important because I think specifically with the kids nowadays, like a lot of these kids are like, they want everything kind of handed to them in a way. Like, you know, I coach at a private school for for high school. I've coached club and being out here, you coach, coaching for one of the, the bigger known uh, clubs for girls. And it's like with this generation, like there's a lot of these parents who are like, okay, like, but what's like, like, what's the, 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 the furthest my daughter can go, you know, like, realistically? And I'm like, like, what does that mean? Like, you know what I mean? I'm like, like, what does that mean? I'm like, look, there's a ton of uh, 
women's like um, schools for you to for your daughter to play in. It just depends on how well or like one she does to get recruited and like how bad she wants it. Like there's gonna be there's gonna be some schools who are gonna be like, hey, we want you. And it's like you got to do your research on like, hey, is is this something I want to do? Is it really something that I want to do? And it might not just be the the volleyball aspect, right? You might be a you might be interested on, oh, does my school have a football team? Oh, like what is uh like what does it look like on campus? How is athletics and being a regular student? How does that work? Like, what's the workload? Oh, there's a lot of different questions you can ask, but I mean, what it really comes down to is one. You know, at least in in my perspective of understanding that, like, you know, what is it that you want to do in terms of volleyball, right? Whether it's, hey, you are going to play college and you're looking to, to, to play overseas or you're looking to, like, give all you can for those years and you're trying to get a job afterwards, right? Um, and then trying to figure out, like, okay, what's the coaching style like, you know, like what are the girls in the team that are already there? What are they? What, how do they feel about the coaches, the girls? You know that whole process because it's it's in a way you yeah hey you're playing college volleyball it is what it is but you're also like learning you're like networking right you're also like be you're building all these friendships that you're gonna have for like years to come and whether that's a good or or a negative experience I mean it. You're gonna have you're gonna have that up and down about it, but it's it really just comes down to like, hey, if that is something that you want in terms of, oh, hey, I'm looking to to be the best volleyball player that I can be, and and to you know to meet all these interesting people and be able to travel and do all that stuff, then you gotta understand that what it takes for you to do that, because I know for me. When I went to college, I mean, I was like, oh, yeah, I, I love the whole idea of being a mechanical engineer, right? I'm like, this is great. I'm in college. I got recruited by the, like, Northridge, who was number one at the time. Awesome. And then I realized real quick that, like, that's a lot to balance with volleyball. Like, all the math, science, all that type of stuff. I had to, like, retake classes, you know. And I had to just come to terms with like, oh, maybe this major is not for me, you know, and that's going to happen. You know, I feel like there's a lot of the at least the biggest thing is that being able to, you know, understand who you are as a person. Well, you're going to learn that when you're in college, who you are as a person, just not with the volleyball. Right. You're going to learn you have other hobbies, other things that you like and all that type of stuff. And, you know. There has to be an understanding that, like, if you don't know what that is right away, that's fine. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like there's all these kids who, like, oh, I need to do this. I need to be this. Da 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 da. Like, I need to be this done by this time. It's you have time to figure that out, and and finding that situation for you where it's like the perfect. Hey, the coach is great. The school's great in terms of they have a lot of options for me to be able to explore and, and understand, like, okay, hey, like, what it is that I want to do and, 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 and what piques your interest, you know? It's, that's, I think that's the most important thing, just being able to, you know, understand that, hey, I'm going to go to college, it's going to be a great experience, and I'm going to learn, uh, you know, what it is that I want to do outside of volleyball, but then also being able to get to play at such a high level and do all that type of stuff. Miranda, 
you're running this conversation. Mm-hmm. You um, you're you're a long time volleyball player, and you did you played a couple of years at Elko, right? Yes. Um, from your personal experience, how much were you okay with that being, or or, or is, is the is the junior scene like was is it that is it that buck wild? As far as like months out of the year, like um, are we talking like at Elko Elko time or like high school? No, which like, part of my life am I giving up? Which one are we? Well, let's start about? with high school. Like, were you were you neck deep in it? Where the coach is like off season, you got to do this, this, and that, and the, the, the type of surrounding. Uh, yeah, my coaches were pretty uh, adamant about me making that my whole life. I actually ended up getting kicked off my basketball team because I was uh, it was cutting into my volleyball practice, so I was leaving basketball early and I ended up getting cut from the team. They had a team meeting about it. Um, <laughs> you had a, they made you make, wow, making a good decision. Yeah, they, they gave me an ultimatum and it was a very easy decision for me to pick volleyball over basketball because it was just what I used to stay in shape for volleyball. Um, but yeah, I was okay with it being my life. I loved it. I love, I love being able to be active and work out and not be home and that yeah. was a big part of that let me ask the both of you what's how much does fellowship have to do with that too i think for women more than men because i think women enjoy they enjoy success well psychology and all the studies are saying they enjoy a lot more more success through sisterhood picking each other up and this and that and doing doing this stuff (laughs) kind of as a team because if you don't right because if you don't it becomes toxic and that that's that was my long time mistake as a woman's coach I haven't, I've never coached so many seasons in the beginning of my coaching career and they did everything I asked and they all still sucked. You know, I, I had to learn that you cannot say or do anything in front of the team that's going to turn any of the girls against her. You know, and that's, that's, that's huge for women's volleyball where the guys are like, I'm sorry, you, you here on CPT time? I needed you on Japanese people time. Everybody go run. You know what I'm saying? It doesn't really turn them against them. It just, it just motivates them. So, mm-hmm. Greg, yeah. you want to go first on that? Um... I, I will I will say that I, I agree at, um, from me coaching you know college at men's you know and I did coach right. JV boys at PV you know a while back but I, I and I coach now um, club you know for girls and I've been doing that for for a few years now since I've been living in Hermosa Beach and I think it's been interesting to figure out that like it you really have to truly truly understand the personalities that you have on the team so that way you can like push them in certain ways. Like, not everybody responds to the same message, you know? Um, and then when it comes down to it, uh, like you said, I agree that, like, when it comes down for girls, they all need to feel good to play good. Like, that, they need to feel collectively good, right, um, to play good. And for the men, the boys, they want to win. They, winning makes them feel good. They're right. like, oh dope we we got that da 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 whatever and performance through leadership yes and like they can for the most part i i can see and i'm not saying that this is set in stone it is what it is it's just what i've observed that like you know in terms of you being a men's coach or a boys coach you can kind of like kind of light a fire under their ass you know and they're like all right yeah, all right, coach, you know, boom, we got it. Yeah. And then for for the for the girls that I've coached, I've had um, a handful of situations where, you know, I might have done a, a similar situation to that, like, you know, early on, like, as a coach. And 
you know, I remember one time there was a girl on my team who like came up to me and she was like, Coach Greg, do you hate me? And I was like, I was like, what? <laughs> no, I was like, not even close. Are you, are you kidding me? She's like, oh, okay. Someone asking Greg that. She's like, oh, I, I, I just, I just wanted to make sure. And I was like, no, I, I don't hate you at all. I don't hate you at all. I, was, I, I, if anything, like, like you're one of my favorites. That's why I'm like, like you're one, like you're a, a, a person on this team that's that's really important. And because I'm hard on you, it's because it's because I, I know that you have so much potential. Like, don't take it personally. Anything that I say that comes out of my, my mouth, it's not about you personally. It's just about you as the volleyball player. But you, you have to understand if it's a girl asking that question, it's rhetorical. Right. Okay, like, she needs assurance. She knows she's, you're not going to say, bitch, I can't stand you. Yeah, but, <laughs> I'm, you know, I'm so like, glad you asked. But it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's something, something like that, being able to know that, hey, like they need, they need that reassur- reassurance mm-hmm. and just, you know, just like, hey, Mm-hmm. You're in a high pressure situation, like I'm giving you the green light to yeah. do, like whether it's to rip a serve, to to hit the crap out of a ball, whatever, whatever that, whatever that, you know, um, whatever that uh, th- that that event that happens afterwards, I'm not mad about it, mm-hmm. right? It's like, hey, we 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 practice in these high pressure environments, so that when you're in a game, it just feels fine. And mm-hmm. there's a lot of situations where. There's some some players that are just like you know that moment ha- comes up and they're just like, oh, oh oh coach is gonna hate me da 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 and it's like no no no, like you gotta rely on your training all that type of stuff you know it is what it is and we as coaches want to be able to push the, these girls these boys whatever it is so that they can be the best versions of, of themselves and a lot of it really just comes down to the to it's just all mental. Yeah. Right, and that and, and trying to maneuver that it's all, mostly yeah, almost all trying all to mental. maneuver that part mm-hmm. and and making sure that hey like you know I'm someone you can come to if you have any problems whatever and it and and I'm trying to make the game easy for you like so yeah. you don't have to think you know yeah Miranda were you um <laughs> were you someone that that everyone got along with in your team. I don't know. I think so. Because me and Greg I, have the same guess on that one. I was always very quiet. I was very quiet all the time. My coaches would tell me that I needed to celebrate more because I was just like, she's like, you just like get a kill and then just stand there. And I was like, well, that's what I'm supposed to do. It's like, a normal day. Yeah. That's mm. that's my job. That's why I'm here. That's mm. what I'm supposed to do. I, I had a similar know, thing. Like, I, wasn't, I wasn't the crazy wild one. I was very quiet. Greg, you were saying? Uh, I, I know for me, like when I first started volleyball, like, I just, coach told me to do something. And I'm like, okay. And like, that was it. Like, it wasn't like, oh, hey, I did something crazy. I'm like, oh, no, like I've spent time in practice doing exactly that. So I'm not going to get excited over it because it should happen. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know, like I'm like, oh, <laughs> you know, um, it literally like I just remember high school, like legit, like kids would just be like, who is that kid? He's not saying a word through the net. Like, I'm just looking. I'm like staring through people. Like I'm just like we're here, we gotta go to work. Those are my favorite <laughs> kind of players, cause you, know? cause you don't have to worry about the cold and the hot. You don't have to worry about like emotional highs and lows. You're never too high, um, where the wave's gonna crash and you gotta deal with the the possible five points you got you gotta give up on the low just cause you got three high. So yeah. that's both of y'all. When I, evolution, quick story. When I was coaching seventeens, right, we were out of goals, so we're in the silver. We're in the silver finals and. Um, it's 15-14 game three, and mm-hmm. I'm coaching 17s. 
and I have a 15 on the team. And I just wanted to look for someone on the, I mean, for, I don't even know why I just looked. I don't know if I was looking to see if someone who hasn't played or someone that wants in this game, but this kid, he's a 15 playing on my 17s. All the way to the end of the bench is like this, just looking at me. And I'm like, go in and serve. So 15, 14, this 15-year-old just goes in and serves. I'm like, look, just take your time. Jump float position one. Just go one to one. We're good. And he gets on the court, and he hasn't played all playoffs. And the parents are like, we we want to leave winners, okay? We're not in the go, but we want to leave winners, right? Mm. So this fucking kid um, tosses the ball in the air. And I'm like, okay, that's not a toss for a jump floater. <laughs> tosses the ball in the air, hits it as hard as he can. It hits like the side of his hand, but it's what you call, what we call the perfect miss. Yes. Because he hits this way, right? And it hits the side of his hand, so it goes to position four and five. And the guy trying to pass it dives and can't touch it. He tries to dive. It moves that fast. And, and the top spin was that heavy. And this kid gets an ace to win the game. And everybody on the team's going nuts. But not him. He's just kind of kind of does one of those. <laughs> and, and, and the parents look at me like, you know, yeah, <laughs> one of the yeah. parents, when we were, before we go shake hands, one of the parents left the chair and comes on, on the court. He's like, you got some balls, man. <laughs> you, you got balls. And I said, and I know they were thinking like, what, what were you thinking? And I wasn't thinking. I was in my volleyball instinct says, I want someone who's not, where the moment's not too big. Yes. And the guys, the, the people I know where the moment's not too big are guys like you and, and, and girls like you who are, um, it's, just, it's just volleyball. You know, you're unassuming. Yeah, the, the, it feels like one one to you. It doesn't feel like fifteen fourteen. So, and that was the 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 point of this whole story. But, but um, yeah, Miranda, I was just curious. Like, you know, now we're blessed to have a women's a women's volleyball player on on um on the podcast. I'm um, teching the show. So, I, like Greg and I, we we could talk about women's volleyball because we coach it and this and that. But, right, it'd be nice to have a, a woman in on that conversation. So I'm glad you chimed in on that with us. Yeah. You know, um. So, Greg, yes. see any good comedies lately? <laughs> Absolutely. Yep. I guess I'll set the floor for this one. You, the last couple of weeks, you know, Chappelle's been getting some blowback for um, for his, his his last comedy, which was The Closer. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of people that were saying his kid was, some of his, his skits or whatever were transphobic, were homophobic and were misogynistic and sexist and this and that and all and all kinds of labels that a lot of people I think are comfortable having because we can't can't go through this world without labels right right all right you are um, you're just a, you're just a middle meaning you can't receive serve you have no hands no it's not I mean right see how the mm -hmm. label works all of these things not true very true a few years ago you know mm -hmm. um, so you you saw it right oh absolutely what'd you think Oh, yeah, I thought it was I thought it was hilarious. Me too. <laughs> like, like my the fa my favorite thing about the whole special is that he like addressed the audience ahead of time. It was oh. like, hey, so you've been warned too. <laughs> I, he was like, hey, uh, he said he said like an opening joke or something, and somebody like they, the the audience cheered, and somebody like you can hear that one guy in the background that said something, and he goes, he's like. Hold on, it's going to get worse. 
It's going to get worse. And he was like, I just want to address the LBGTQ community, you know, forehand that, you know, that I come in peace. <laughs> He's like, I come in peace. And I and he was just I'm just here to tell jokes. And it, I mean, it is what, like, I'm like, me watching Dave Chappelle as a kid, I'm talking about like when it was on Comedy Central and... You know the first the first few uh, um, skits he did, he's like making, from killing them softly all the way back then. Yes, he's like literally like the on that TV show, the Dave Chappelle show. He's he's doing skits about black people, and I was like, this is the funniest stuff because I can relate to all this stuff. <laughs> Remember the Nagar family? Yes. <laughs> it was like yeah. all white. They were N I G G A R family yeah. on yes. their on their mailbox. Yes, <laughs> sorry, <Yeah>. okay. <laughs> and then. Like when they did the whole racial draft thing, I thought oh that was God. I thought that was hilarious, <laughs> right? So like me as somebody who's have watched Dave Chappelle over the years, mm-hmm. over the years, I'm like, oh, this is amazing. Yeah, it wasn't like Eddie Murphy where they didn't see it coming. Like Eddie Murphy Delirious and, and Eddie Murphy Raw, a lot of people didn't see coming because, you know, Eddie Murphy's on Saturday Night Live. He's wearing the buckwheat wig and you think he's going to do something, whatever. And I'm just like, oof, he, maybe he should have warned people, <laughs> you know. But Eddie Murphy Raw was pretty much a, a rinse and repair for all the shit, all of the people he offended from Eddie Murphy Delirious. Mm-hmm. You know, he defended, offended Michael Jackson fans, Mike Tyson fans, um, homosexuals, you know. Um, but the way he brought it back, I thought was appropriate. And I thought for people that are listening to it should understand the way a comedian brings it back just says it's uh, us all out of love. Like the way I thought Dave brought it back was like, look, I just think, I, I think I'm mad because I think black people are jealous of y'all. Yeah, <laughs> he, he says, said, he he said says you jealous. guys, yeah, he says you guys have only been at this for a few years and you already got your shit together. He said, we've been trying to do this for 250 years and we still haven't, we're missing something. You guys got something right that we didn't. So I mean, I'm, I'm paraphrasing. Yes. But I thought like when someone says a line like that, you know, he's only poking fun at you because we as a, as human beings need to celebrate life and not say that there's, there's no difference but see our differences miranda you me where i mean I'm, we're talking dark light pasty white all right we we celebrate our differences we poke fun um and we test those waters where if it's too fucking hurtful you know i don't want to hurt my friends I don't want to hurt my friend's feelings. Uh, I'm not going to do this anymore. And you have to let comedians work. You got to let this guy work. And right. if it works for him, it doesn't. Uh, um, and he, and he, there's some parts where he's like, you need to get ready for this. And that's what pisses me off. Mm-hmm. You can easily turn it off. You can easily turn the fucking channel if you don't like this TV show. Right. Don't, uh, if you don't like him, don't watch him. But this yeah. whole cancel thing is just is just ridiculous. Go ahead. No, I mean, it's just... It's, it's just... It's just like when he was talking about how, how like uh, like he he did a little snippet about like the the women's rights movement, yes. right? And he was talking about how like, you know, he he did a little paraphrasing on Martin Luther King when he was like, hey, like yeah. he didn't tell you to still still ride the bus and then wear matching outfits. Yes, he was like, get off the bus. Yes, <laughs> he was like, get off the bus. Mm-hmm. And his biggest thing is like. This dude was going to make $50 million. Got off the bus. $50 million. Said goodbye to 50 kids. And he, million, he left and went to Africa for however long. 
and was like, I'm not doing this. I'm out. Yeah. Like, how, how crazy is that? Like, you got to understand, like, that's a lot of money. That's that is, a lot of money. That is uncancelably crazy. Right? That, that kind of guy you can't cancel. I don't even know why people are wasting their time. You can't cancel someone that doesn't need your validation. No. You can't, I'll say that again, where you can't cancel something or someone that doesn't need your validation. <laughs> um, yeah. And, but, yeah, go ahead. And, I mean, we talked about how be- like, how genius he is in terms of his delivery and, and the overall message mm-hmm. on, on a lot of his specials. And I think that even with his last special, right? The last special that came out, hey, sticks and stones. Yeah, like yeah, they he addressed some things in there too, and it, it, it to the point where like if you had a problem with this one, why did you even watch it You're compared gonna... to the last one? Because because we like train, we as human beings like train wrecks. All right, I'm older than you guys. I'll bring your attention to Howard Stern. Yes, Howard Stern. Some of the shit he did was so outlandish. It got him banned, banned up from the radio airwaves, where I think Sirius, yeah, Sirius was uh, Sirius XM was was invented for people like him. Now here's a survey they did. Eighty percent of the people that saw it said that they were um, uncomfortable, repulsed, or turned off. That was a survey. The second question, out of the of those eighty people, did you like it though? No. <laughs> <laughs> You're on the something. Yeah, I was. Yeah, yes. I think you're. Get ready. You ready for this? Yes. So th- those eighty people. The second question was, how many of you are going to watch him next week? Ninety percent of that eighty percent were going to watch him next week. Yeah, exactly. They just, they just, they love train wrecks, or, or they're just people out there that are just looking to be offended. Yeah. And in this cancel culture right now, this woke mob, kiss my ass. Yeah, I said it. Um, they're looking. They're, they're only this kind. There's a certain group of people that are only only identify with being a hammer. And if you only identify with being a hammer, Greg, you're only gonna be looking for nails. Yeah. I know that, that looked more like whack a mole than, than the mm-hmm. hammer and nails, but no, but um, but do you, you get what I'm saying? No, if you only identify with being a hater, you're only gonna be looking for hate. Yeah. And this is coming from Hater J, okay? Mm. Um, how many, we don't have any stats or whatever, but how many people that you think that shit on it didn't see it? I think it's pretty high, <laughs> and I, I think it's Miranda. Just, I, I think it's oh, just, wait, Miranda. I think they either didn't watch watch it fully, or they haven't seen his stuff before to know what to expect. Because I honestly don't think this was the raunchiest of of no. stand ups that he's done by any means at all. Yes, Greg. I I, I definitely agree with that because all right, let's. Like, like, for example, you brought up Eddie Murphy, right? You're talking about, like, oh, Michael Jackson fans and, and Mike Tyson's fans did, didn't like it. But what did, what did MJ say about it? What, 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 did, what did Mike Tyson say about it? Like Nothing. There was no, no beef. Sorry, Mr. T. No, it, yeah. was, it wasn't Mike Tyson. I'm sorry, it was Mr. T. Oh, Mr. T. I, I heard you were making jokes about me, boy. Oh, yeah, <laughs> no, no. no, I wasn't. Well, maybe I wasn't. <laughs> no, but, you, but I mean, like, you know, if they're not having any issues with it, you know, you have all these huge um, celebrity roasts, mm-hmm. all this stuff that happens where they literally just talk trash about each other. But it's okay because it's Hollywood and but, Chappelle's not Hollywood. But you know what I mean? But like you have situations like that and everybody's like, oh, that's hilarious. And mm-hmm. then when you got a comedian who's doing it and they're like, oh, now we're mad. Yeah. Like kiss my ass. And on top of that, it's like, look, you know, uh, for those of you who have watched it or who haven't watched it, the main message about this whole entire special is is dedicated to a friend of his who was trans. 
Yes, please. Who, Keep who going. Um, opened for him in one of the acts. Multiple, he Mul- said. And multiple, right? Multiple. And once he had the the other, the latest special that before Closer came out or so, that the LGBTQ community was like, you know, bashing him. And she came to his defense. Yeah. To the point where people were bashing on her that she ended up committing suicide. Right? And this is his own friend, right? Yeah. Who was trans, and he was like, and they would, they would joke at all the stuff she loved, all the material he had, had nothing negative to say about any of the stuff. He Amongst said. many other transgender people too, right? Yeah, and the whole special was dedicated to her. And if you guys, if whoever watched it or didn't even watch it all the way, and you didn't, you didn't see that. You didn't. You don't understand it at all. Yeah. You missed it. You missed you the missed whole point. It. Yeah. And all you just got mad because of the jokes. And I feel like if if someone's joking about it and it really gets to you like that, and it's not your cup of tea, mm-hmm. then okay, hey, you don't got to watch it. Well, and, but, and and that's the difference between Dave Chappelle. I just no, finish your thought. Um, but I was just I was just thinking like, you know, the, the to be able to sit there and be like, oh yeah, hey, you're trans, you're you're transphobic, you're homophobic, right? There, there was even a, uh, someone who said there was a lady who he brought up in one of the specials was like, is some some Asian lady that she's like, oh, you hate Asian women. And I'm like, do you not understand? Have you met his wife? That his wife is Asian? <laughs> no. He's only speaking about this stuff from experience. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? He's speaking about things that happened in his life, in his experience, and he's telling you about it. Yeah. You know? I um, It's not like he's making this stuff up. God, there's so many. Miranda... Something you wanted to say? Oh no, I I agree with what Greg was saying. You got to watch the full thing. Yeah, and that's that was one of the big caveats I had a problem with. Um, I had someone recently unfriend me on Facebook because she's like, "Well, okay, you find it funny. What did you find funny about it?" And I know that's that's a trap question because mm. if I pick something I find funny about it and she doesn't, then she makes the argument about me. You right. know, when I already told her twice, you're not mad at me. I'm not, I didn't go up there and do killing them softly. I didn't go up there and do that. You, your problem's with him. You can't have a problem with me that I find something, you Un- know, offensive. different or, uh, that you, you are going to have a problem with me and not that guy. Come on, stop. So basically, uh, JK Rowling got like canceled because uh, was being called a, a terp, a turf or whatever. Yeah. And I actually thought that Dave Chappelle is like, if she's ter- a turf, I'm team turf. And I thought that was funny. Mm-hmm. And she's like, well, she comes back. She's like, well, I didn't find that funny because, you know, clearly J.K. Rowling is, is, you know, phobic this, phobic that. And how could you find that funny? And I'm like, you see what I mean? You see how you, 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 you we had a debate, a healthy debate about one person. And you, now you're making it about me. Right. You know, it's, it's, it was lazy. It was, it was, it was cowardly. And I, and I didn't really, and she deleted the whole conversation and I can't even find her on my friends list, but you know, she gets offended by woke mob and I'm like, woke mob is not, and millennials are, are not the same people. You are a millennial. Okay. Uh, you're not woke mob, but millennial is, is a particular generational age group that certain people have a problem because they feel entitled. But at the same time, I love millennials. You know, there's less bullying online because of millennials. There's more people that get job opportunities because because of millennials. So yeah. you take the good with the bad with every generation. But for some reason, woke mob, everyone thinks is like these young, you know, like these young liberal liberals that have a problem with everybody. And I, and I didn't like that, but 
Mm-hmm. So many things to unpack, but I wanted to, let, to say three important things, and I go through them as fast as I can because I already went through with Wendy Jones. Let's go through the definitions. Transphobic, all right, or, or even homophobic. I'll give you two definitions. One, and Miranda, um, we'll do a, like a cosign or agree on this. Uh, fear and hatred deriving from what you may, may, or may or may not understand about transphobes. That's one of my definitions. Mm. Um, the second definition would be the inherent belief that one is superior or inferior based on someone's gender. How's that for definitions as far as transphobia? That sounds... That sounds now, my question sorry. is, does Dave Chappelle fit any of those categories? Hell no. He's not afraid. He doesn't hate them. He had no, at no point in his life does he think he's superior or inferior because he, he's a straight male fucking old school, old school black man. Um, no. I label his jokes as offensive. And guess what? That's what comedians do. Absolutely. Chris Rock is going to... Tell me a joke that anyone ever told in a room that had the entire room busting a gut where, someone, where it wasn't at someone's expense. Absolutely. You can't... You, you don't like... What, am I, what kind of joke am I supposed to say, right? <laughs> Three tomatoes are running down the track. One tomato fell behind. I stepped on him. I said, ketchup, <laughs> right? <laughs> I'm defending. <laughs> I'm, I'm promoting assault, right? So it's going to be someone. I mean, that's a, the safest joke, but someone out there, if someone looks really, really hard, they can find you your worst moment. Oh, yeah. And then define you. And with that Absolutely. being said, you're not gonna you're gonna find a whole bunch on Dave Chappelle. So that was the one caveat I wanted to do. The second one we already covered. Um, why don't you watch it before you criticize it? Here's a third important thing. Don't act like just because somebody gave gave this person the chop means that you relate to that person more than Dave Chappelle does. That pisses me off. We talked about this a couple of days ago too. Like just because someone's transgender and you're transgender, you identify and relate to them more than Dave Chappelle does. Bullshit. Dave Chappelle got to know this person. She, he, he invited her to tour, right? She opened up on her shows. And when she died, he put all three of his, her kids to college. All right? That, 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 Dave Chappelle said, she's not a part of your tribe. She's part of my tribe. And that was the biggest thing I got out of that. Mm-hmm. Don't act like just because just because someone's a woman and you're a woman or uh, that you identify with that, that person just because. On, on, and on many ways you do. Yeah. But to, to say that you identify more uh, on this magnitude just because you're the same sex, just because you're the same color, just because you're the same gender, just because you're the same class structure. Bullshit. I don't fucking buy it. Mm-hmm. I don't fucking buy it. And, and that... that is the, really the only thing that pissed me off. Because you hear people say transphobic, though, and I'm just like, okay, then educate yourself. You know? Or you hear some people criticize someone that they're told not to like, but never even saw it or whatever, and those people are ignorant, and I dismiss oh, them. Oh, yeah. So out of all, all of the things, the three points I made, the one that pissed me off was the last one. Stop, mm. stop pre- pretending that you identify with someone. Like, look, you're a black man. I mean, goddamn, who told me that, right? Uh, who told me that? I didn't even know. I mean, it's fucking crazy, all right? Uh, and you're like, Jason, who told you that shit? Is there someone in the back that told you that? Um, there are people, other black men, and I'll go even deeper, of your skin complexion, that can identify with you in certain things or whatever. So I'm not saying they can't identify you. They, they're identifying you in so many ways. And in many ways, me, a, a brother who's a few shades lighter, I'm a, I'm a black guy in hiding, okay? My mom's black, my dad's white. Um, they can identify in, in ways that I, that, that 
I can't, that I can see, but not feel. Mm -hmm. But with that being said, to take that and maybe some of the things as a standalone to say that they, they know you more than I know you, I don't fucking buy it. I don't fucking buy it, Greg Faulkner. You know, Miranda, she don't fucking buy it. So, so, um, I fucking loved it. Let's, let's, God, should we talk about some of these jokes? I really loved what he said about it's, it's cool to be gay until it's time to be white. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I was gonna, all right, so I, so I was gonna, I was gonna talk about that. No, so I was gonna, I was gonna talk about that. Well, only because, like, the biggest thing right now is that, like, hey, they're like, oh, yeah, you're, you're homophobic. No, no, no. And he's like, no, I'm not. The issue is, is that, you know, you have this that this whole movement, and how do you think that the people who are of color who are gay, how they're feeling? Because it's like, hey, yeah, hey, they identify with being, hum, hum, you know, homosexual, right? But they're also black first, right? So it's like there's still disparity with that part. Yeah. And it's like you have the people who are homosexuals, who are white, who are put are in situations where, oh hey, it's not because you're gay that you're in this situation, you know. They want to pull that card of like, you know, like that when he did that whole story of like when that guy, uh, the beard dude, um, got in his face or something. Yeah. <laughs> and then and he's like, no, I'm not gonna fight you because you're gay. I'm gonna fight you because of what you're doing. Because you might whoop my ass. Right. You know. He's like, I'm ready to go. And he's like, oh, well, let me call the police. He's like, what? <laughs> he's how like, would you like, oh my God, how would you like to get your ass kicked by a gay man because you didn't want to fight him because he's gay? Like that? How would you like to get your ass beat? <laughs> <laughs> right? This is a bearded person. Like he said, I had some, oh, that had me cracking up, dude. I was like, dude, what? And the whole thing, the whole thing is, too, is like me knowing Dave Chappelle, like, hey, I would say, and I could, I could say from what I've seen, from years is he's all about equal rights but if we're gonna have that argument right we're gonna say hey we all agree hey equal rights for everybody that means equal jokes yeah straight up and it's it's on the table and if there's anyone more qualified as far as anyone can get it is concerned yes he's the best man for the job absolutely and and the thing is he doesn't hate anybody he takes a lot of this feedback personally how many comedians and, tell jokes about people that they actually hate? Very, very few. You, I mean, look, when you get into this political arena and people start telling po- political jokes, mm-hmm. clearly some of these people come in with an agenda. Oh, of course. Right? If, you, if they hate, they hate yeah. the, the orange man enough. Age, I'm not even going to call him by his name, Agent Orange. But if you hate him enough, you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna tell jokes and people that, that hate him on, on that level too. You have that level of Chekhovian suffering and you're going you're gonna to find an audience for that. Right. He is a man of many audience. He's one of the best comedians I've ever heard in my life. Uh, and uh, I'm a prisoner at the moment. I would say the best, but I think when I smack myself, I would say Richard Pryor. Oh, and then, dude, um, that, and that guy was yeah. like, are you, <laughs> didn't he get it too? Yeah. From the gay he, community? Are you going to tell? Okay, so... That is even funnier because yes. that, I mean, if you thought Dave Chappelle was bad, like those jokes, yeah, that was gnarly. <laughs> Bullshit. <laughs> My dick. <laughs> that, is, yo, that is Richard Pryor, dude. <laughs> you yeah. know, and then, you know, you even got like guys like Bernie Mac and, you know, like all these, all oh these guys. Oh, God. All Bernie these guys. Mac would be rolling in, in, rolling in his grave right now if he knew what the hell Ch- Chappelle or the, what they're trying to put Chappelle through. Right. And I yeah, it just yeah. it just goes to like to to show that like 
lot of these people are just they're just bandwagoning of like, oh yeah, we're gonna cancel that guy. They're hammers. It's like, but hey, you gotta do your research. You gotta like, like literally, the only thing that I can see that he says is he was talking about how, you know, in terms of the type of gay people that he really really likes, mm -hmm. you know, and it was because of that situation where like they feel like they you know until they need to be white again, they're like, oh, you yep. you you are hating us because. Because of this, I'm like, oh, I'm gonna call the police. I'm gonna do all this stuff. And he's like, what? Like, what? What? Like, you know? Thought we were all in this. Thought we were all the same. Yeah, exactly. What up? Exactly. Mm -hmm. So it's like, n don't try to hide behind that. Yeah. You know, this is what the situation is, and and so you know, I I, I think that like, it's it is uh, sad that you know in this day and age that you know you can't have somebody go like a comedian, which is not an easy job to do coming up. You know? No, because you can tell jokes that are correct and people won't laugh. <laughs> right, and it's and then also on top of that though is he's not just telling jokes; he's also like giving knowledge. You know, when he goes and does his uh, does these stand up specials, you know, there is a serious component in terms of whether it's politics or you know current events, all this stuff that he's tying in, and just trying to make a little bit light of the situation so people can understand it in a way. Mm -hmm. Where they're like, oh, that makes a lot of sense, you know. Yeah, I, I want to say something about Richard Pryor, but Dave Chappelle, compared to his other performances, um, I'm gonna give you the floor. I rate the level of funniness as far as rolling on the floor laughing. I get B plus. Mm -hmm. uh, content delivery, substance, A plus plus. No, I, I agree. I agree. Mm -hmm. I, I had moments where I was like, I, I was like, oh, that, that was really funny. Like, that was, I was, I was and it, it's clever. Mm -hmm. It's Kanye yes. West style, yes. man. Miranda? Yeah, I loved it. Yeah, but That's same thing. Good. Like, love, like we've seen uh, some of his specials that were actually, um, as far as like busting a gut, like I felt like I did 100 sit-ups funny. Yeah. Um, there was funnier, but, but, but as far as like a, a total body of work, it's funny enough. I mean, I'm not saying it's not funny. I mean, we were all cracked. Come on, yeah. come on. I mean, if this is this this is his B plus A minus game, it's still better than everybody else's game. But but total body of work, I give him A. I give him A plus. Yeah. Because oh, the yeah. delivery, the timing, mm -hmm. uh, the importance of this, the subject matter, because it was important. And if people, I wish people just watched it in its entirety. You understand why it was important to say what he had to say. Mm -hmm. Be it is important to say that because we. Look at people who are victims in our society um, and cast a perfect light on them when that's not what they're looking for either. They want other people to know that they're imperfect in so many ways, but being transgender is not one of their imperfections. He's like, you know, you could be trans and still be racist, right? That was, remember the, that question yes. he asked? No, yes. and I, yes. that was great. I was like, what makes you think trans people can't be fucking racist? What, yeah. what makes you think a gay person can't be a fucking asshole? You know right. what? I got take a trip with me to New York. <laughs> we'll go to Chelsea. I'll show you plenty of them. But yeah, that's that was the message he was trying to get get across. That I, and the reason why he has so much support from the gay community and the transgender community is because he wasn't labeling their um, identity as a, as an imperfection. He says his it's his way of saying, hey, they have flaws too. You know, just because someone's a victim and just because someone needs to be recognized for their art doesn't mean that the they they're that they're the next that they're they're the next they're more or less uh, gonna save the world than a straight person will. <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? Unity, right? This is what everyone's preaching. Mm -hmm. Unity. So, but the person that unfriended me, look, she was on my podcast, 
And I already knew that she didn't watch it because she told me she doesn't like Joe Rogan. She doesn't listen to Joe Rogan so she's because not, so she's just not gonna listen. No. Well, oh. she the reason she said she didn't listen to Joe Rogan is because she said um, he understood he had the Grand Wizard from the KKK on his podcast. And I'm like, when she said that, and I saw, I, I mean, I don't listen to all of his podcasts, but I go through the whole list. Yeah. Okay, that guy's hunting. I want to talk about hunting. I'm going to skip that one. That guy's a comedian, Tom Segura, you know, Bill Burr. Yeah, I want to watch that one. You know, um, Bernie Sanders, yeah. Um, but she caught me by surprise because I don't remember that. So I basically said, look, Joe's going Joe's gonna to do what Joe's going to do. And Joe's not always going to have someone on the show that, that agrees with everything he says. Right. Like Ted Nugent mm-hmm. is a Republican. He's 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 in the hunting. Um, Joe is perceived as this, as this right wing person because he likes his guns. But Joe's never voted Republican in his life. He's voted only Democrat his entire life, except two elections where he didn't vote at all. So, um, what I found out later was that the Grand Wizard was the name of an artist. It wasn't the Grand Wizard from the KKK. It's the name of an artist, and he's black. <laughs> So she won't listen to his podcast for a reason based on information that it was obviously that she didn't research and vet herself. And if someone like that is going to unfriend me and also leave under the premise that she's more aware than I am and probably thinks she's smarter than I am in many ways she is. I'm just a fucking dumb kid from Brooklyn. But but that level of ignorance, not just ignorance, willful ignorance, a protected ignorance, which basically means stupidity. Right. Fine, you know, you know, and I'm, I'm, my feelings are hurt because she's a nice person, and I really think that she's gonna do really good things in the world. It's gonna help a lot of people, and I was hoping like people like her and me or whatever could put all our differences aside and do that together. But, yeah. but in so many ways, if I asked any of my friends, if I asked Miranda, she Miranda be like good riddance, you know, mm-hmm. good riddance. That's not the kind of friend you yeah, that. You know, maybe you don't need them on your team <laughs> if they're going to dislike someone for something on information that's not even, that's demonstrably false. And, and I mean, we, and we've already talked about that, that situation in terms of like, you don't need, you don't need that validation. You don't, not, not, no. from, not from her. That's what we, but that's what, why do you think I like Joe Rogan so much? Yeah. Why do you think I like Dave Chappelle so much? Why do you think I, all of these guys have these three things in common? One, they keep it real which I am, it is my honor and privilege to be surrounded um, in this hot room with this hot as fuck, hot as balls room right now, because it's hot right now, uh, to have you and to have Miranda. Um, say hi, Miranda. Hi, Miranda. There you, go. there you go. But to have people in this room that appreciate, not only appreciate the level of realness that I disseminate, but also, but also are real people themselves. It's great to have real and honest conversations. I like to surround myself with people like that. So that's one reason. The second reason is we don't, um, if you can't cancel someone that doesn't need your validation right. right now I've been here five years for what I want to do I already consider myself a made man anything I, anything else I get after I just ate this dinner is cake if I don't get cake with my dinner that's cool I'm, I'm already there's nothing someone's going to say oh you, oh you won't get that college job you won't get that I'm like alright cool you know they're not going to cancel this podcast. They're not going to cancel. I'm with LA, LA Beach, LA Volleyball Club. Jason Olive's got my back. Dane Blanton's got my back. You know, um, right? I'm, 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 so I'm pretty much a made man with what I want to do. And like you said, you can't cancel someone that doesn't need your validation. Mm-hmm. And here's the third thing, the reason I like them. Everybody loved Dave Chappelle. Everybody loved Joe Rogan until they started bashing Democrats. <laughs> 
until they get on the stage and be like, wait, oh, you you think your shit don't stink too? Oh man, uh, I mean, his true fans follow him anyway, regardless. Yeah, but yeah. but he lost the demographic of people that are like, oh, he's great, he's great. <laughs> what did he just say? You know, what did he just say about Obama? Or what did he just say about this and that? You know, and that's the one thing I like about Dave Dave Chappelle. It's not one dimensional. It's not. Anybody can get it. Yeah. Anybody can get it, dude. Wow. And we, I mean, like that song, Uncle Murder, right? Anybody can get it. And I ain't got a problem taking care of the witness. <laughs> for money, power, respect for that money, I pop whoever in the neck. <laughs> so, but yeah, I appreciate that compliment. And, and, and I echo that sentiment right back to you, pinging off your left ear, your right ear, straight to Miranda where she's sitting next to you. Um, speaking of Joe Rogan, we, I mean, I wanted to talk to someone about that. Ivermectin. He was mad at CNN. It was the first time I heard Joe. And, oh, that whole It was the first time him. I heard Joe and Joe actually call out a news network. You yeah, because they, they. He's like, can they, I sue them? <laughs> they have the they have the wrong information. They're talking about, how, oh yeah, you're taking horse tranquilizers. They lied, and they're like, no, it, it could be used, but it's for humans. Yeah. So for the people listening, for my my listening audience who missed the Wendy Jones episode. Basically, Joe Rogan, for the first time, because the media is always criticized and the right wing hated him because he, he thought they were crazy. The, uh, the left hated him because he, he said, I, I like Bernie Sanders. And then all of a sudden they're saying he's endorsing Bernie Sanders. And then he listened to Biden talk. He said, I'd rather vote for Trump than Biden. Oh, he's endorsing Trump. So he's always ignored that. But now there were three, three people, three anchors, mm -hmm. not just one news article, three anchors on CNN that said he got COVID and he's taking a drug called ivermectin, um, which is for um, actually to treat some bacterial infections or, or uh, some kind of fever. It's, it's used to treat symptoms. It's not a cure for COVID, right? Yeah. But his doctor prescribed it. So basically they were saying he's taking ivermectin, which is used for horses. Now the wording and how they put it, is not a lie, but if you word it like that, your audience is going to think, this fucking guy's taking horse pills. <laughs> right. This fucking guy's taking horse pills. And he had Sanjay Gupta, who's like CNN's rock star besides Fauci, uh, and says, hey, you know, and Gupta's like, oh man, he says, that really bothers you. He's like, shouldn't it bother you? He's like, you're the medical guy on their show, and they're, and they're, they're lying about me taking a drug that that's prescribed for humans they made it sound like it's prescribed for horses and also humans no it's prescribed for humans first and also for horses right and he says i can afford the real drugs motherfuckers <laughs> I mean, he just had me laughing but even then Fauci goes back on Don Lemon's show and Don Lemon's like, well, we never said he's taking horse pills. We just said it's a medication that's used for horses. And I'm just like, why don't you just say sorry? Just say I'm sorry. <laughs> just do, just say I'm sorry and then move on with life. But, mm -hmm. and Joe's not going to go after him. You know why? Because very much, the reason why I even brought it up is because very much like Dave Chappelle, they came after someone that's really hard to cancel. I, I, will, I will even say uncancelable if that's a word. Um, and they missed. And it's not the first time they missed with Chappelle. It's not the first time they missed with Joe. And I think the more that they keep missing and the more support these people have, the more we as a society um, can say, hey, why doesn't everybody chill the fuck out? Mm -hmm. You know? So, um, wow. <laughs> Lots of unpacked. Yeah, I, was, I, I would just close with the fact that like, you know, 
as someone who's been a longtime Dave Chappelle fan uh, and of just of comedy, you know, I I would think that it'd be kind of wild to 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 have somebody for you like you were talking about how that lady whoever it was was like, you know, labeling you as you know as as the problem when it was she had her problem with Dave Chappelle, you know, right? And, and I'm I like, know, yeah. And I know for me, I'm like, look, I've played volleyball. I've had a ton of teammates and friends, even in this community, who who are who who are in the LB, you know, DTQ yep. community, mm-hmm. and. And it's like me having a, a, a deep understanding and, and love for the, the work of Dave Chappelle. Like, I know that I'm not someone who's homophobic right. or trans, you know, transphobic at all. Mm-hmm. At all. Yeah. You know, I've had my own, I have my own like brothers, I would even say, who I've played volleyball with. And I, I go to NAGVA tournaments all the time, you know. Oh, and, NAGVA and, tournaments. And, 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 and hang oh, out with them. Aren't those the best? And it's like, hey. I can go to those tournaments and not have people be like, oh, Greg's, Greg's, uh, you know, Greg is gay because he plays in this tournament. No, I enjoy the volleyball and the people that I'm with, so yeah. I go to the tournament, you know. Yeah. And it, without having that understanding, it's like, you can't be like, oh, hey, it's, it's got to be black and white, you know. It's, it's <sighs> yep. you yeah. know, life's in, in the gray. I also think what this does, comedians like this send a message to the general public that you can disagree with a couple of things on someone that you like and support, okay? A political thing. I voted for Obama twice, okay? Um, not because he's perfect. Like, I'm not down with that droning, droning fucking people without a trial. You know what I'm saying? Like, just, I'm not down with um, the government spying on our citizens, you know, spying on our phone calls and our texts and whatever and this and that. I'm not down with that stuff, but you can... Just because I voted for him doesn't mean I am him. Right. Oh, so you voted for God. So you're down with this? No, I'm not. You're, so why'd you vote for him? For other reasons, you know? And it's the same reason why people voted for Trump. They're, it's only been ignited tenfold because this reality star beat a long time uh, um, someone who's, I, I, I mean, Talk about the most qualified candidate to be president, but at the same time, the, the, the one the public trusts the least, like Clinton, Hillary. It, it blew up. It started with Romney and Obama the second time, the, uh, Obama's second term, but it really blew up when this guy, when the orange man won. Um, and everybody got to a point where like, if you voted for him, you are him. And we know, we're in the South Bay, we know too many people that voted for him that we have more in common with you yeah. know we're um, we're not 12 years old we're, um did that do i think they made a mistake voting for that guy yeah yeah i do does that make them a bad person no does that mean they're it changes what they they do their, their their philanthropy their their ability to help the homeless their ability to do prison ministries their ability to help people that has nothing to do with who you vote for greg there's no one in your lifetime, that's going to be in the White House, that's going to change um, policy, that's going to make you make more or less money. Presidents only affect the really, really rich, the billionaires, and most likely they, they, get, they got richer. They got richer under Trump. They got richer under Obama. Okay. Right. They just keep getting richer. So it does, there's nothing anyone that you've never met in your life, that you will never meet in your life, is going to affect the way you do your operations. I don't, I don't like these people wanting to start fistfights over, over, over people they voted for. Mm-hmm. You want to, you want to, you want to fight. You want a real fight. 
Let's vote on the local level. Napolitano's not doing his job, vote his ass out. This mayor in Hermosa Beach not doing her job. You can't vote her out because I think they're selected. I think there's a selection committee that makes the mayor here. Uh, Greg, Greg, if the reason why they did that is because you can run for mayor and win. There's a system that implements the mayor. You got you to gotta vote in certain, certain officials and those officials select a mayor because of that reason. Miranda, this man can run for if if he did it under the free election rules. You can you know you you know you can run and win, right? That'd be Everybody knows that Greg Faulkner name. Dude, that would be, that would be uh, <laughs> yeah. Look, I'll, Greg I'll is like my mom would be so proud of me. <laughs> she would, but at the same time. <laughs> that would be interesting. Yep. <laughs> I think if I were mayor, I'd make sure blind people had seeing, like Chris Rock. Remember Chris Rock was talking about instead of dogs, like seeing eye midgets, yeah. you know, <laughs> just have like small people. That, this way you could have a conversation with someone, you know, instead of a dog. Raw, 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 raw. What? There's a, there's a stop sign. Raw, 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 raw. <laughs> nah, give me a seeing. This is this is where I offend small people now, right? Fee, five, fum. <laughs> Fee, five, fo, fum. But, but, um. And, and the cool thing is it wasn't me that said it. I just found it's funny and people are going to say I'm Chris Rock now, right? Yeah. So, um, and I, but that's the message I think he was, these comedians are trying to send. There's some people that we, we, we have, we have friends that have crazy fucking ideas. Mm-hmm. All right. And, but we still love them to pieces. You oh, can't, yeah. you can't take out on them what someone else is doing unless they're doing that January 6th bullshit. All right, there. Right, this is what Miranda's thinking right now, and I'll and I'll just say it for you. There are people that take it too far, like yeah. what happened on January sixth. That that's that's crazy, yeah. that's crazy, and they're like, oh, but what about the summer rides and this and that? And I'm like, you think that had anything to do with politics? You think that it had? You think a black man getting shot in the back gave a fuck who the president was? Do you think someone getting choked out saying, I can't breathe, gave a fuck who the president was? Let me ask you something. Was Donald Trump president when Garner got choked out? No. Barack Obama was. You know, um, Trump ramped up, ramped up the emotions where when this guy in Minnesota, and I can't believe I can't remember his name. I'm just old. But when that happened in Minnesota, that was it. That was the straw that broke the camel's back and and... And we've seen it in this country before. Um, if you remember the, ch- um, you can't, you don't remember. You're way too young. 1992. I, I, yeah. Um, shit. What the hell's his name? South South Central uh, Los Angeles. Mm. What the hell's his name? Um, the police got acquitted, and there was like this huge riot in L.A. Is that the Rodney King? Rodney King. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. When they had the riots. Yeah. Yeah, but that was the last time we saw something like that. It was. It just. Oh, yeah. It just. It, it was a boiling point and it boils over. But do we remember who was president back then? No. No. I, That's why I don't compare what happened last summer with January 6th was about one person. Mm-hmm. What happened last summer was about a, a systemic a systemic problem that goes beyond politics. That goes mm-hmm. color. And, and people make it political because what the politicians are doing to make money and what the news stations are doing to make money and to get ratings, they're ramping it up, man. You know? We're almost on the brink of a civil war. Yeah, I had a. I remember I had a moment. Um, you know, we we're talking about with you know police stuff. Uh, I did have a moment that um, during the summer. I want to say it was it wasn't this past summer, but it was like during COVID. Yeah, during COVID. And I remember 
Uh, I went to the pier, you know, had a few beers. I was with my one of my best friends, um, and uh, you know, Brittany Estes. Uh, yeah. So I LMU. With, I, yeah, I was with her, right? Uh, and one other, one other girl or something. And we were heading back. Um, we were, we were heading back to um, to our our houses, right? Right. You know, and I've been here in the community, going on, you know, all over four, going on five years, um, and. I've walked from my street on second all the way to the pier and back multiple times at different times of the night, during the day, <laughs> whatever, right? Man, a boy's got to have fun. Right, you know, mm-hmm. and so the four of us, you know, and, and I, I'll, you know, start off by saying, like, you know, um, me, I'm the one black guy in the group. We got, and the, the rest of the, the three people that are with me, they're all white. We're all hanging out. I'm, I'm carrying my friend Alex a little bit, you know. And we're just walking back to the house on a, you know, going down the sidewalk. And I remember, like, out of nowhere, there's two cop cars that just, like, roll up. And this was kind of right around when they had the riot stuff going on, all that type of stuff, right? Shit. And so two cop cars roll up on us with the lights and everything. And they're like, hey, like, where are you going? And I, like, and I was the guy who... who was gonna who was talking to the cops like I just, you were probably sober. I, the, I was, the, I was the, the guy. Sober. I was like, I was like, oh, you know, hello, officer, how can I help you? And he's like, oh, uh, where are you guys headed? Like we, and I was like, oh, well, I live on second. My friend lives on sixth. We, you know, we went to the pier. We're just walking home. And he's like, oh, well, we heard some noise complaints. And I like looked around. And I was like, well, thank you for bringing that to my attention. I can assure you that it wasn't us. We were simply just walking home. And he's like. He's like, oh, okay, and like, it's just, it's being here in Hermosa, you get to kind of see the cops a lot. So there's a lot of normal people you see, and this is like a newer guy, and I could tell like, you and know, you knew he was new. Yes, like, like it. There was an older cop that was kind of in the background, kind of like, kind of chilling. I think it might have been like a routine, like, uh, you yeah, know, training thing, like giving him, like, kind of showing him the ropes, like letting him go and and see how he handles the situation, mm-hmm. and so. I could see, I could tell this guy's new, and I cooperated, didn't do anything, wasn't aggressive at all to the guy, um, just you know, just trying to understand. Hey, like, what you heard some noise complaints? What's going on? And um, and so yeah, he ends up just finishing with like, oh okay, well you know, hope get just make sure you guys get home safe. And I'm like, all right, thank you very much. So they get in the car and they drive off, and everybody in the group looks at me like, what was that about? And I'm like. Walking while black. <laughs> I was like, I'm, a, I'm, I, I don't know. Yeah. I was like, I don't know. But to me, it had to be a training thing because the guy in the car, the, yeah. the vet, I bet he knows you. I think Hermosa Beach Police Department is pretty good as far as like, um, not creating this wall where they're like centuries, where like everyone's their fucking enemy. Mm-hmm. Um, don't know if you have that experience. I will speak as a guy who identifies with being black and white. Um, the police know me by name. I say hi to them all the time, this and that. You know, they're at the pier. They're they're dri- You know what I'm saying? You'll see them driving by by the beach. Oh yeah. Or like on the oh, strand, was, they'll see absolutely. you. They'll see you doing practices. Oh yeah. So my guess is the guy in the car was mm-hmm. like, "That's Greg Faulkner," and this is a good training exercise because because you know Greg's not gonna give him a lot of shit. Like mm-hmm. probably. You know, yeah. Like where you going? You <laughs> you're not the guy that's gonna be like, "I'm gonna mind my fucking business." <laughs> that's where I'm going. You know. Yeah. You got a problem with that, Mr. Officer? So, yeah. Yeah, so. I, yeah, and it might have been a situation like that. Mm-hmm. And I know, like, for me, like, I wasn't trying to make a big deal of it. Mm-hmm. Like, I was, it was just like, hey, 
I got stopped. But in my mind, I'm like, that's never happened. Not no. like that. And I was like, it's one thing if it was one cop car who rolled right. up, but we got rolled up by two. It was a training. It had to be a training you know exercise because you were walking. Yeah. If you guys were staying in one spot and he's responding to a noise complaint. That makes sense. That yes, makes, that, that makes, makes that, that makes, makes more, sense more sense if because that's like loitering, right? It yeah. makes more more sense if you're stationary. Yeah, no, we you were, guys are on the move. We're legit on the move, walking back home. We yeah. were literally probably on Eighth Street, mm-hmm. made like almost almost getting to the to to Sixth Street to for the the girls to walk up. Oh my god! And we're just like standing there, like, well, I mean, <laughs> I don't know what's going on here. <laughs> you know, you know, I'm like, whoa, like. It's and like I said, it it like the fact that they rolled up with two cop like two cop cars on the hell us, was that? Go and ahead. I was just like, yo, okay, this is a little bit much. Like flashlights, everything. And I'm like, okay, what? You got lit up? Yeah, we got <laughs> lit up out of nowhere. You thought it was daytime. Yeah. Oh, Greg, Greg thought he was on Broadway. And this is, and this I was, can show you the world. <laughs> and this is probably like maybe closer to like I want to say like it was like 1:30 a.m. You know, maybe maybe two. You know. Um, Cause uh, we were we were just coming back, coming back from the pier, and uh, you know uh, it's it's one of those things where for me that's not uncommon like in my life. Right. Like, it's it's happened. Yeah, just a big, bit of a surprise in the South Bay. Yeah, I mean I've had moments like that. Right. Know, um, for sure. And uh, even even when I was coaching at PV, I was in PV, PV driving because I had coached at the high school. I've been stopped before out out there, you know, and and had talked to the officer, everything, you know. It, it just happens. And I know for me, you know, you always got that thought in the back of your mind when you see like, you know, it's, even though you're not doing anything wrong. Yeah. You like, I'm driving, having a good time. And you yep. see a cop in the back. Both hands and, on the steering wheel. And, and you're like, is this, is this going to be the moment? Am I, is, are they going to get me? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, I'll just like, oh, oh. And then I'm like, oh, okay, we're good. We're good. We're good. <laughs> you ever saw this movie called Soul Man? I've heard of it, yes. It's C. Thomas Howell. Basically, he's a white guy that's trying to get a scholarship at Harvard, but you had to be black to get the scholarship. So he OD'd on like a thing of tanning pills where he was black. Um, This movie can never be made now because it's like a blackface thing. And and C. Thomas Howell's not Robert Downey Jr., right? You can't can't skate on that as an artist. But he's driving, right, in Massachusetts because he got into Harvard and this cop follows him. And he turns, the cop turns with him. He turns again. The cop turns with her again. He's like... What the fuck, man? Jesus <laughs> fucking Christ. <laughs> and then a car pulls out and he doesn't see it. So he swerves to, 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 to go around the car and just pulls out. And the cop and stops him for not stopped. making a left turn, turn signal. Yeah. And he's like, you didn't make a left turn. He's like, you saw what happened. He's like, yeah, just give me your license. He's like, all right, fine, my license. And he pulls his, he goes to get his license. <laughs> but his license is still the white guy. <laughs> it's still the white version of him. And he's like, I don't have my license. So he goes to jail. <laughs> and he winds up in jail, right? And this, he's in jail in a cell with a bunch of white people. <laughs> and there's a bunch of hockey fans. He says, okay, so what are you guys here for? He says, we got busted by a black guy that looked just like you. <laughs> 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 it's called Soul Man. James Earl Jones is in it. It's a professor. Oh, I love that. But um, I kind of liked it. My favorite part is it was a fight. He's, he wanted to play a pickup basketball game. Mm-hmm. And the two white guys who are like putting the team together. All right, I got, I got him. You got that. Like, why do you get, why do you get him? I, I, I get him. No, I get him. So, and, and he's like, guys, I'm not that good. 
right? So they're like, well, have you played before? So they're looking at, they're looking at a black guy, of course, yeah, right? Yeah. They're like, have you played before? He goes, yeah, a couple of times in the park. <laughs> Now they fucking pushing each other. I get him. I get him. Because he's like, oh, you play in the park? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> hey, those guys are, are those guys are a different breed. Yeah, oh, yeah. You see some of these guys in the park, you're like, why are you not in the NBA? What's oh going on here? God, Rucker Park. And, um, also in Manhattan, there's a place called West, 6th, uh, West 4th Street. Mm-hmm. I'm like, these dudes are lip above the rim. Just ball handling skills. And I'm like, yeah. Man, you know, playing street ball and it's all on that asphalt, boy. Mm-hmm. So, um, wow. Think think we unpacked enough? We talked oh. we talked enough volleyball. I know you're getting I hungry. Think, I think we. I did know good. Miranda got to use the bathroom. <laughs> I gotta eat. I yes. think we did. I think we did good. One of you fuckers give me a ride. Yeah. Star, well, Starbucks yeah. or something. I was gonna say. I mean, you want to go Ocean Diner? Yes and no. Yes, I want to go, but no, because I already ate two hours ago, and uh, it's and it's pizza night. Oh yeah, that's yeah, right. yeah, and they close it too. So I mean, you gotta if you. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm down actually, to let's go. Yeah, let's. What am I saying? What am I saying? What are you saying? Yeah, we just go. It's Ocean Diner. Let's yeah, just go. Let's go. Um, yeah, let's yeah. do that. Hey, we're out of here. We're going to get some food. Miranda's going to go get some food. We got this. This young lady's got to eat. But for all of you at home, for all of you about to get your lunch on your iPhone, iPad, Droid, for all of you on your desktop, that's Greg Faulkner. That's Miranda Gagne. And I'm Jason DeBeas. Thanks for joining us. We love you. Peace. Come check out the Option Podcast on OptionDB.com. It's also available on iTunes and Spotify and on YouTube under the NY Varsity Sports Handle. You're going to love what you hear.